Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, Episode 76, the final one for 2020. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. It's amazing that there's actually been 76 of them. We have a special guest in studio with us today. Charlie Sparks. And his... A.K.A. <laughs> Go ahead. Charlie in Albuquerque. That's yeah. right. Oh, Famous God, everybody, you know, super listener. <laughs> and? Andy Rampernard. And last but not least. Tommy. We'll be right back after this exciting announcement. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant This guy's a great bass player. Oh, is it Doug Sprinthal? It is, actually. Gosh, There's never been any better. We're, never record, we're working on another record now. I've, I've been Are working really? on my piano skills. Yeah, we're doing a uh, David Bowie song called Moon Age Daydream. We're doing a, you probably don't know who Tommy Sims is. He's a famous bass player. Wrote just a great R&B song 20 years ago called Alone that Susan Tedeschi covered. I have to brush up on my piano skills because we're going to do Take Me to the Pilot, which is one of my favorite Elton John tunes. Yep, great song. It is. Great song. And uh, curiously enough, uh, when asked what it's about, Elton John says, I have no idea. I have no idea. I remember that. It was early in the career, and I think Bernie (laughs) just was, all right, let's put these words down. This sounds kind of interesting. I have no idea. um, And there's another one, too, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, DOA by Bloodrock. Oh, that would be great. I can hear Sarah singing that. (laughs) We were flying alone. Something in the air. That would be great. What is the lowest octave she can hit? Uh, you know, I don't. I can't. I can't say. I I can hear it, but I can't translate it to where it would be on a piano. That was a one. Probably not one or two. I'm guessing. My low end career was uh, "Peace in the Valley," because when in our band, when this God, you're talking 55 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Take five. I was the one like, yeah, take five, exactly. <laughs> I was the one that goes, because they would go, there'll be no sadness. And I'd go, no sorrow. I got to hit that really low note. I was very happy about that. Yeah, I, uh, I no. you know, I, I've taught her mic technique, and that's a good way to cheat when you can't hit the low notes. Oh, yeah. Get right that's true. You get, oh, no. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It helps a little bit. That is true. All right, Charlie. So, yeah. as you know, a tradition of car selling secrets, you, you're forced to tell the tale of your very first <laughs> automobile. 
forced to tell Well, the better story is how I acquired it, but the, the car was a 57 Chevy. Wow. Uh, Hard was, top or post? Uh, post. Okay. And uh, and uh, it was orange, which I'm sure wasn't a factory color. <laughs> and this and I had to be 16, maybe 15, but I think 16 maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't have any recollection of how I got it home. All I know is, is once it was there, it sat between the house and the garage for about a year. So how did you get it? And never ran. I it never. I, I never drove it. And uh, but in order to get the car, of course, I was whining and you know being a whiny teenager. And uh, my mom, she didn't want me to buy it. And of course, I was just going on and on. And, and you have to know we were a Catholic family. Yeah. So. This plays into it, and uh, and she says, "Well, if if you cut your hair, you, I'll let you get the car." <laughs> and it was summertime, and it was you know summer break from my Catholic high school. Was so what th- year th- was this? Their, if you don't mind me, their asking. dress code wouldn't allow long hair, seventy-two uh, ish, oh, okay. somewhere in there. And uh, so she says, uh, "Yeah, if you cut your hair, uh, I'll let you get the car." And of course, my argument back was. Well, Jesus had long hair. Yeah, well, I like it. And without, without skipping a beat, she says, yes, and he walked everywhere. <laughs> Just like you will. Yes, well. right. Fair point. So what a great argument. I caved and uh, got my hair cut and got the car, which was ultimately kind of a mistake. But anyway, I ended up selling it to my neighbor who made a stock car out of it. So oh. it had a good long life. <laughs> but you, you know. never really drove it? It just sat no, in the No, it just sat there. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Well, not not my not my wisest uh, move. That was probably about the bottom of the value of those cars. Those fifty-five through seven Chevys are worth just a, a king's ransom in this day yeah, and age. Sure. Early seventies, oh, yeah. that would have been about the time of the first oil embargoes, and nobody wanted that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a few hundred bucks, as yeah. I recall, or something. Yeah. It was as far as cheap impulse buys as a teenager go. You can do worse. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> well, everybody's and, first yeah. car is a few hundred dollars, other than Alex. Yeah. She's the only one that was one. I think oh, it I was, think Andy I think it was the Jag. I don't remember. <laughs> so Charlie yeah. uh, is a longtime KQ listener. Those of you that have been on the Vegas trips or uh, the various other ones, he's been attending those for years, listens to the podcast, and was interested in buying a Nissan truck. And so we were emailing back and forth. I says, you know, if you wind up buying one from us, why don't you come on up on, on a Thursday and you can be on the podcast. So in order to be on this podcast, he spent $50 million on a Nissan Fifty million. Titan. Yeah, I yes. think it was fifty million. Fifty million, absolutely. Yeah, that was the Bentley truck I I, <laughs> I bought from uh, your dealership in uh, KC. Probably. Yeah, exactly. So, have, did you ever live in Minnesota? Oh yes. Oh, you did. Yeah, okay. So yeah. tell us your story. Uh, lived here from well, I lived here like two or three different times. Okay. Uh, uh, the first time was uh, 1975. Um, to lead up to this, I was a, gu- a Guitar Player Magazine subscriber in my teen years, ah. and there was an ad in the back of one of them, at least, uh, that, that uh, was sponsored by the RIAA, the people that hand out the gold records. Yeah, right. And uh, they had a uh, uh, like a ten-week recording course at Cookhouse for a few hundred bucks. Cookhouse. You know, multi, multi-track recording class. Is for, that the one on 26th and Nicollet? Right. Yeah. Ah, phenomenal. Yep. yep. So I thought, okay, well, that sounds interesting because my one year of electronic school petered out when I discovered they wanted to teach me how to repair televisions. So that wasn't <laughs> quite what I had in mind. 
And uh, so, yeah, I moved up here, got a, a third-level efficiency apartment at 27th and DuPont. And uh, the class was supposed to start around, I don't know, October 1st or something like that. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ahead of time, I figure, well, I better call and kind of get all the details. So I call these guys, and I just call Cookhouse mm -hmm. to find out about it. And they said, well, we don't have enough people signed up. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I wasn't very uh, pushy in those days, uh, which in hindsight, I should have just gone down there and said, I signed up and paid my money, teach me. Yeah. Right. But anyway, right. they strung me along for a few months, and uh, it it never worked out. So, oh, no. Yeah, so I just moved back to Iowa. Oh, it's, it's a, what a sad story. Yeah. And got into radio. So after 27th I got back and DuPont, did you ever yeah. read Professor Munchies, oh, which I think was geez. 28th Probably. and Hennepin. <laughs> it's right around the corner <laughs> from where Dudley Riggs is now. Yeah. I know he ate at the Black Forest, I can guarantee <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. With the bullet holes still in the wall. <laughs> I love that. In the bar, the bullet holes are still in that wall. <laughs> I mean, if the building's there, I haven't been there in years. I think now. it is. It, you know, it's funny because Nicollet Avenue now between 28th and about 22nd is what they call Eat Street. Eat There's Street, a yeah, lot exactly. of great restaurants. Yeah, there are. But I think the Black Forest is still, it's, hopefully it'll survive. I always loved it. Loved that place. Yeah, me too. And then the, uh, the well, God, what was the name of the place? The Hippie Place that was down, just down the block. The hippie place. Oh, God's world. There were a lot of those, I'm sure. Oh, there were a lot of those back in the day. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite stories about Cookhouse, and it was creation audio at this time. It, it turned into creation. Same location, though, 26 mm -hmm. and Nicollet. And I'm it in there. It might still be there, actually. Oh, is it really? I think oh, so. Oh, I didn't even know that. We're talking about the Black Forest? <laughs> no, no. It's no. a recording studio. Recording. Is the Black Forest still there, Andy? Uh, 1 East 26th. Yep. Sounds yep. right. Yes, it is. Yeah, wonderful. Well, that was the one place, speaking of you, we were talking about artificial intelligence and all that stuff before we got here, Charlie. The, oh, my, my God. But that was the place I recorded a commercial. I can't remember the commercial was for. doesn't matter. But I, I recorded the commercial, and about a week later, I heard the commercial on the radio, and it had a line in it that I never said. It I was remember my you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. It was my voice, but I never said the line. So they just, somebody else read it, and they matched audio. So it sounded like, wow. I'd say, this is a little terrifying that I just yeah. said something that I never said. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little scary. Yeah, yeah I would bet. Yeah, we, we, we recorded uh, a song there. God, it had to be about seven or eight years ago. And I don't remember. Campbell Walzer said something to his dad, and I don't remember what it was. He was a little morose and kind of down at the time. And, and Paul talked to Jack Lucking and goes, Campbell said this thing, and it's, I think it's really insightful. Why don't you write a song about it? So Jack went, okay. And he wrote this kind of little ditty. And I, God, it just evades me what the deal was. So we recorded it at Criterion. They brought in the um, a chorus from Minnesota Teen Challenge to sing the oh, backup. Yeah. So there's like 50 people in this. Because the big room at Criterion is, is enormous. Right. It's just, it would, and I thought, wow, how cool is this? It actually sounded pretty good. It just seemed like one of those things that should never ever work but it just worked perfectly <laughs> well that'll happen those recording engineers know what they're doing yeah they really well do. will you bring in i don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to see the the teen challenge uh when they sing that they're really really good so because i guess there's not much to do when you're drying out other than work on your you mm -hmm. know choral vocal technique so that's that's nice teen drying out that's real nice though you know what i mean <laughs> well yes i do actually actually they've changed it because it's it, people think it's just for teenagers but it's now called minnesota teen and adult Challenge. yeah yeah so 
Yeah. We should take a break, Pally. That flew by. Wow, that went by fast. Oh, didn't it? We'll be right back. Man. Tom Bernard, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, these are tough times for a lot of businesses. I know that North American Banking Company has been working hard to help several different small and large business owners throughout the state. Tommy, our lenders are working with customers not only on recovery, but planning for the future. To date, we have helped over 365 businesses in the state by lending more than $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. I know these programs can be challenging for a lot of businesses to navigate. Right, with many revisions to the Paycheck Protection Plan and similar programs, keeping up with them hasn't been a two-foot putt for many business owners. At North American Banking Company, our team of expert lenders are working with our customers every day to help them understand and navigate these complex programs, simplifying them so our customers can focus on what they do best running their businesses. Simple. I like it. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. So the, what I was going to tell, we were talking about Dolly Parton during the break, and I said somebody once called her a dumb blonde, and she says, I'm not dumb, and I'm not blonde. <laughs> <laughs> well, She's pretty funny. She also one time says it takes a lot of money to look this trashy. <laughs> <laughs> she is. That's why I love her. I yeah. just love that. Yep. She donated a bunch of dough to uh, uh, COVID. A million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, a yeah, million dollars. And how about uh, Bezos's ex ponying up the four bill? I didn't get mine. Well, you know, she when she got divorced, she took I think it was thirty thirty seven million. A billion. I read an article when she gave was giving the money away because of the increase in stock price. It's now worth about sixty. Well, that's Amazon not bad. Just, yes, I think no wonder she's smiling and giving dough away. Good for her. Exactly. Plus, she's away from Jeff Bezos. Yeah. That'd make me smile too. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a goofball. Yeah, he just. Oh. You know, she seems like an attractive woman. Got the longest neck of any living human, though. Yeah, she her looks a little Shelly Duvall. Oh, God, yeah. Her neck's like a foot long. Giraffe for contest. What the hell? <laughs> but she's an attractive woman. Yeah. Most people with $50 billion look pretty good. That's, That's true. You experience. look really good today yep. there. Hey, handsome. <laughs> so, Charlie, you retreated to Iowa, and then how did you wind up back here the next time? Well, I was, uh, like I said, I got into radio uh, down there, um, did a little DJ work at one point, 
worked for uh, retail record stores and uh, saw the reps come around with their promos and passing those out. And I thought that looked like a fun job. So I started uh, looking into uh, how to make that happen. Long story short, I got hired by Heilecker Brothers. Uh, Amos. 1977. Yeah. Uh, so I moved up here uh, to uh, work in their promotion department. Uh, I was the guy that mailed out all the promos to the radio stations what year around the was? state. 77. Because I used to, I was there every day in 1977. I, I'm sure we Records. crossed paths many oh, times. Absolutely. Yeah. Andy, let's you and I just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys in 15 minutes. Keep going. Yeah. And uh, gosh, uh, what else? Um, the the funnest thing that happened to me while I was working there is that uh, uh, Charo was in town to promote her uh, disco album. Sure, the okay. Charo disco. Album. And, uh, and she's actually a good guitar player. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah, she, she, can, she can play. Yeah. She's well, phenomenal. Just because she's so outrageous looking. Uh, and her whole act, people didn't really take her seriously. Right. But she's a she's a good musician. Yeah, she really is. So I get a call. Uh, one of the radio promotion guys was running her around town to CCO and wherever else right. she was at, and uh, and he calls and says, "God, we're running late. You know, can you go to the Sofitel and pick up her suitcase and bring it to the airport?" And I said, "Yeah, I can do that." So uh, I run down there and. I don't know how I proved who I was or whatever. I guess in those days it didn't matter so much. But, right. you know, you just said what you said, and everybody took you for your word. So, anyway, I got her suitcase and uh, took it down to uh, the Lindbergh Terminal and met them all at the ticket counter, and she gave me a, uh, a signed picture, which I have in a leopard print frame at home ever <laughs> since. <laughs> leopard print, baby. <laughs> no, those were the days. You go to Music Land out there. You go to High Liquor Brothers. You went, what was the other place? It was it Bloomington. Um, I was trying to think of that. God, it was the, the, there was the third record distributor. Distributor, yeah. Yeah, and it was, God, it was probably on about like 90th Street somewhere down there in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, I can't think of it either. Of course, that was a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, within three years ago, within a month of being hired at Heilecker, Elvis died. Oh God, yeah. And uh, and I thought, okay, well, I've got to go get this Moody Blue album. Um, it was printed on blue vinyl. It was his latest release. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go get one of these because it's limited edition and it's you know going to be worth some money someday. So I acquire one of those fairly quickly and uh, as it turns out RCA just kept pressing them in blue vinyl so there's like zillions of them out there and the the black vinyl ones are the rare ones (laughs) really (laughs) missed it by that that's right yeah god it's so amazing what what a time when Elvis Presley died actually right as he what when he died, because I came back just after he died. Oh, I should know. Was that 77? 77, okay. April 12th, oh, excuse me, August 12th, 1977, yeah. yeah. So I was still in Jacksonville, Florida when he died, but then I came back in October, I think. Okay. So you don't want to be in there, because Jacksonville, Florida is the deep south. I mean, sure it is. sounds like Florida, but it's the deep south, yeah. right? So me, a nice Yankee, I didn't think it through. Uh, so Elvis dies. And I'm trying to be smart-ass. Thank God. I was you? Six to ten at <laughs> really? night, thank God. But they, there was a song released called Elvis, Angel, Elvis. It was about how he was up in heaven and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and at the very end of the song, it goes, Elvis, he just ain't dead. Like that. It went like that, right? So the thing goes, he just ain't dead. And I came up and went, he's dead. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. my God. They had to call the cops. They had to get, like, ten squad cars. Yeah. They wanted to kill me. Yeah, there are, like, three or four <laughs> Floridas. And there yeah, are three. You're in right. one of them, you don't want to say that. No, you do not. <laughs> you do not in Jacksonville, Florida. God, that what a great time, though. You know, record just... One thing I would say, Charlie, and I'm very serious about this. I don't think you and I have ever talked about this. I've mentioned Andy before. I'm really kind of sad for Andy's generation and younger, and actually a little older, too. One of the great thrills of being a teenager was going to the record store. Oh, I did that all the time. Oh, God, I loved going to the record store. Well, my so, version of that was Funko Land, GameStop. Yeah, that's true, Funko Land. But nowadays, kids who are like actually young now, they don't really go to any store, do no, they? No, they don't. Toy store, maybe, but that's really... No, that's clear. You, they don't buy too. their media physically. No, they don't. So you know, they don't have the video game store. They don't have the record store. Mm-hmm. They don't have any of that. As I told you, when we first moved out here, we lived in Forest Hills, and I think it was probably 13, and I saw an ad for this place that sold used records on somewhere oh, on God, Lake yeah. Street called the Wax Museum. The Wax so Museum, I yeah. loved that place. I would ride yep. my bike all the way from 7 and 495. I actually went down Minnetonka Boulevard all the way to Lake, and was it like about Lake and Emerson, I think, was the Wax Museum? Oh, yeah. Yep. And I'd spend hours in there flipping through records. I, and it was just, phenomenal. It was great. You heard some of the greatest things. Music City, downtown Minneapolis, 7th and Hennepin. Yeah. Because there's Music Land, and right across the street there was Music City. Yep. I'm in Music City looking through, I think it was uh, Donovan Sunshine Superman. Oh. I think that's the era. That would because have been about 68, I think, because the So it might have been a little out. after that. might have been after that because there were two young black women in there look, looking through albums. They would You just... For young people, you'd, you'd literally page through all these albums that were in the bins, right? Yep. So these two young black women, <laughs> they see the very first album cover for Grace Jones. So what year would that have been? Oh, that's 81 maybe? Or so 82? that was much later. Was it that late, really? I think yeah, so. I, I, think I would have said 76 or 7, oh, but... Well, maybe. Let's see here. So Welcome Grace to Jones another episode of Andy Looks Up Stuff on uh, the Internet. Andy, exactly. Andy Looking Up Stuff that's on the Internet. That's how it works. Let's see. Discography. Portfolio? Was that the first one? Yes, it was. 77. Oh, it was. So it was 77. So we're I'm hot today. You are hot today. So I'm in Music City, and I'm looking at. So it would have been Sunshine Superman because that was '68. Yeah, something. Like that. So I don't know what the hell I was even looking at, but these two young black women. She goes, "See, look at this album cover," and the other one goes, "Oh man, that's quite the album cover." She goes, "Man, that girl is black," and the, <laughs> other, and the other girl goes, "She's seriously purple." <laughs> It was the greatest. Man, did I laugh. It was, she's seriously purple. Grace Jones was a very black woman. Yep. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. No question. But Striking looking woman, too. Yeah, absolutely. But those are the times, honest to God, playing in bands or being in radio or being in the record business or whatever. I've been very, very fortunate there my whole life. I've been doing that, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just to have you back talking about these things, it just, God, it brings back great memories. Right. It yeah. really does. Loved it. Going the the latest Beatles. The first record I ever bought was "I Get Around" by the Beach Boys. It was a forty-five. Mine was a boy named Sue by uh, oh, Johnny Cash. So sad. <laughs> I was ten. I thought so, it was yeah, funny. It's very sad. First album I bought was uh, the Beatles' Greatest Hits, as sung by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, well, there uh, you go. Not, so you and were, I still have it. You were smoking pot as a youngster. <laughs> so you remember, So what songs do they do on it? Oh. Uh, 
everything that's on like Meet the Beatles and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. <laughs> Nothing on I Am the Walrus. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little before their time. <laughs> a little yeah. before their time. I'd love to hear the Chipmunks do an I Am the Walrus. Oh, that would be woo-hoo. interesting. Yeah. I mean, technically, great. all you have to do is put Speed the RPM too high. Yeah, yeah speed right. it up to 45. That's and that's, yeah, there you go. That's how they did it. That they weren't actual it. chipmunks. Mm-hmm. They weren't? Oh, I'm sorry. Damn it. Another no. The illusion is broken. First is bubble. Yeah, we're going to have to watch, uh, of course, because of Fawn and Sage, we're going to have to watch the old uh, Alvin's Christmas uh, special. No question. Oh, boy. Alvin and the chipmunks sing Christmas. Oh, yeah. I think we're going to watch The Ref sometime with the kids in the that next couple of days. That is a good movie. They're all old enough that they'll get it. Ever seen that, Charlie? No, I don't believe I oh, have. Okay, you got to watch it, The Ref. One of the funniest adult Christmas movies ever. Dennis Leary is a jewel thief, and they are on the run in this small New England town, and they break into the home of uh, uh, Kevin, Spacey Kevin Spacey and yeah. Judy uh, Davis. Yep who are in the middle of a horrible marriage, and they hate each other, and they fight all the time. <laughs> it's really funny. Sounds like a good setup. There's a me. scene where they're having dinner, and Judy Davis has spent all day recreating a, like a 14th century Norwegian dinner, and she's got this wreath on her head with candles, and she's absolutely shit Oh, that, what a it's great so, scene. She is so funny. It's a great scene. And Kevin Spacey is actually really funny in this, too. Yeah, he wasn't groping anybody. It was right. great. It was yeah. wonderful. And Remember? Dennis Miller is just completely pissed Dennis off. Dennis Leary. Goes, Dennis Leary, right. He goes, right. see this? I have the effing gun. The guy with the effing gun is the only effing guy that gets the effing talk. No, <laughs> shut the F up. And he just goes, it's really well, He didn't say effing. No. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm softening it up for PG-13. the listeners. PG-13. I understand. Is it PG-13, really? No, the show, I mean. Yeah, I doubt that movie is PG thirteen. Well, it does not. It Remember what be. Dennis said when he looked through the peephole in the front door? I don't. Oh God, he's in there robbing these people or setting them up for the robbery, and there's a knock at the door, and Dennis Leary looks through the peephole, and it's Santa Claus, and Dennis Leary goes, "Ah, oh, who the f is this now?" <laughs> <laughs> it's Santa. Okay. Ooh, we got to take a break again. Look at this mm-hmm. flying by. Oh, my God. We'll be back. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is the equal opportunity. Employer. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I said, sisters, if you only knew, you were <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's like twice today I almost got caught blasting somebody on the air. But I just realized we were going up just then. You bring it to an end. I'm surprised it hasn't happened more often. Oh, it's happened, it's happened more than once. It's happened quite often. You know, Tommy was listening to you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Oops. Whoops, what are you going to do? Hey, as long as you're not 
I don't even want to say it. That guy from uh, the New Yorker that got caught pantsless in the oh, Zoom. Oh, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Tubin. How's he doing? Not good. Well, I'm sure he's good. I plenty of money to retire on. So. About ten months ago, Catherine and I moved. We downsized. Went mm-hmm. from just down to you know it's just the two of us now, so we didn't need all those bedrooms and all that. And so we moved, and my new next door neighbor lived in Albuquerque for almost all of his life. Really? So I said, oh. You should you should have met Charlie, <laughs> but they loved it absolutely. We, we may did. have crossed paths too. Yeah, probably yeah. true. He, yeah, I think he ended up here because he went to work for one of the big companies up here. So I don't know, but he man, he raves about Albuquerque. He loved living in Albuquerque. They yeah. still have a lot of Breaking Bad tourists down there. Oh. I remember reading oh. about that. From oh, over. Yeah. oh, really? Yeah, they've got a, I bet. A, a, an RV. It's, I believe it's the same year, make and model as mm. the oh the original as, as, as the Crystal Ship, yeah. as it's called. And they do uh, <laughs> they do Breaking Bad tours in that, and they take people around to all the wow. all the scenes and. And, uh, the, you know, the car wash that was in there in Breaking Bad, I drove past that place twice a day on my way to my office wow. and back. God. And Never and, knew and, that it housed and, millions of dollars. There's yeah. always money in the banana stand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. But even while they were shooting, I didn't really realize what was going on. Mm. But, you know, now there are busloads of Japanese tourists oh. that... that are amazing? getting their picture taken in yeah. front of the place. I hear the people who lived in that house had a real problem with people throwing pizza up there just constantly. <laughs> they, they did, and actually Vince Gilligan actually had to go on the Breaking Bad fan sites and say, stop doing Please that. Please stop throwing pizza at their house. Yeah. Why did they throw pizza? Because there was a pizza on the roof in one episode. Oh, on the that's, roof, yeah. That's yep. all you need yep. to yep. start a thing, apparently. The pizza on the roof, yeah. I forgot about and that. That house is actually about... Two miles due west of where I live, oh. so it's right kind of in in my neighborhood. Very first time I had real Mexican food was in Albuquerque in about '69. I went on a cross country trip with my uncle and my aunt and their German exchange student. Left Pennsylvania and we wound up in Albuquerque in a tent ground for a day. And my aunt says, "Let's have some Mexican food." It was like the most fiery stuff oh, I'd ever. Yeah. You can I, get I grew that. up yeah. in New England. Where <laughs> Oh, yeah. you know, I grew up on boiled yeah. potatoes yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, peppered roast. white fish is the spiciest thing. That yeah, not even, I mean, that's even kind of crazy for New England in the '60s. And but I loved it. But it was it, it seemed like it was in a foreign land. It was mm-hmm. just the it's a really cool yeah. experience. Yeah, I still it's remember a, it's a day. bit of a culture shock. Yeah. Uh, down there for sure. And I remember I, maybe my memories wrong but when you come in from texas do you go over the mountains before you go into albuquerque i got a picture of that in my mind now i can't think so coming from the east right i don't drive that way very often okay. so i I don't, right, well, I don't remember on i-40 if if uh, there's mountains there i don't think so all right well so that was a long time ago that was a long time ago yeah well my we were, first my first trip to albuquerque was in uh January of 1976, when my sister got married to a local boy down there, oh. and so I flew down from from the airport here, um, you know, 20 below zero in January to about 40 <laughs> above down there, and I thought, you know, I could live here someday. Yeah, that might work out. So when did you move to Albuquerque? In '97, summer of '97. Oh, been there a long so time. I've been there quite a while. God, you've been there for 23 years. Right? Yeah, yeah. A quarter of a century, Charlie. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. It's my time is flying. Yeah. Seriously, so many things on the air now. I read it. Well, like you were talking about 1970, 43 years ago. Yeah, I know. This is 52 years ago. Well, John Lennon's been dead for 40, 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. God, that's amazing. Unbelievable. He's been dead for 40 years already. But 
you know, in 40 more years when we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Episode uh, 126 or whatever it is. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be, yeah, our old friend Charlie from Albuquerque just passed away. He was just a kid. He was only 97. Yeah, 97 right. years old. Knock on wood. Uh, it all works out in the end. That's all I know. Were you happy? Were you happy working in the record business? You know, I was. It, it was. It was fun and different world. Then lots of fun stuff to do in those days. You know, getting to go backstage and occasionally you met everybody, meeting people and yep. uh, meeting people you have admired since you were a kid and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like you've talked about, um, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, they just eliminated my job one day in 1980. That's there was some issue with the cost of vinyl or i don't know what was going on back then but uh they just pulled the plug on me and uh then i moved back to uh minnesota and managed a record store here for a while and that was about a year uh midland records in burnsville center oh okay if you remember that i do remember and and then i uh, found my way into the cable tv business and uh was in there oh and i heard you talk about uh uh gosh that Mel Brooks movie the other day, Blazing Saddles. Oh, Blazing yeah. Saddles. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. what a movie. Yeah, and I've got a story related uh, related to that that I'd like to share. First, though, I, I would like to actually talk about why I'm here and why I chose Walzer to buy a truck from. All right. Oh, good. Go, <laughs> no, we wouldn't want to hear any of that. <laughs> no, we don't want to hear about that. Bring it on, brother. <laughs> no, I, I, really, I really wanted to say this because I think it was around October of 2013, 2014, those uh, KQ morning show replays just stopped. I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember yeah. that. They did, it was probably just management at the time making a bonehead decision or something. That but, was John Dickey. Okay. He made a lot of bonehead decisions. <laughs> so, you know, it, that, that was my only resource for, for listening to the show, really. Right. And lots of other people, too. I know a lot of people were up in arms. And, uh, you know, with all the phone calls to the station and this and that, it took about two two or three days. I think by the following Monday, the podcast or the replay was back up, mm-hmm. and Walzer was the sponsor. And it still is. And I thank thought, my, our buddy Alan Crutch for that. I remember yep. when he goes, what did you think about this? I said, I think it's all good. I mean, we're never going to sell any any cars to people that are 10 states away. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. It's, uh, it, it'll make people feel good. It's good for that. that you know, yeah, that this, this is so overused to say it's a community. But it really is. It's a special group of listeners that have a, a really great affinity for that show. And it's just terrific. I no, think. it is amazing. Yeah, I just thought that if ever I need a new vehicle, I'm going to try to buy it from Walzer. And anyway, it worked out. So Yeah, it's well, th- You know, we really appreciate you coming all that way. And it's... Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out. It's it's always fun when things like that happen. So, are you going to be able to make it? Uh, how many days are you going to take the drive back? Oh, probably. Well, I'll spend uh, a few days in in Iowa with my family, yeah, there, my sure. brothers and sisters, and and uh, and head out. Uh, it might take another two days to get back to Albuquerque. Yeah, it's a long point. drive. Yeah. Are you trying to get back to Albuquerque before or after Christmas? After, yeah. So you're going to stay with your family yeah. for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I wish, uh, you know, I just lost my youngest brother, so I can't spend the time with him. Well, at least your son will be there. My son? (laughs) Who? Andy? (laughs) Great. That guy. guy. I have no son. I have. I'm going to tear my shirt. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really nice. No, but I I just, that spending the time, as a matter of fact, what is it, Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night, my sister and two brothers are coming over to watch. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I've really? never brothers. seen that movie. Todd and Tony. 
Tony, are you getting along with Tony? Yeah. Would you look at that? He lives literally less than a block from me. I didn't even know where he lived. He does? Yeah. About half my family, well, not half, but about a third of my family doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised. Because they had I was the like, nerve. Which two brothers I had are you the still nerve talking to? Succeed. They didn't like that at all. It's, uh, I don't know. It's a weird. It I can't believe deal. you've never seen that movie. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've seen Every Day of Elric. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw it for the first time, probably three, four years ago. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's 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 <clears throat> certainly worth watching. I mean, it's, Jimmy it's a classic. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy's good in it. Mm-hmm. You go like this, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> a little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little. We yeah. don't have your money. It's at Bill's house and Fred's house. Oh, oh, you know the movie, huh? A little. Okay. Well, I will. As of Saturday, I'll know it. It'll be wonderful. I hope it's in 4K. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. Remastered for Remastered the modern audience. sound. You know, we've been, wa- <laughs> exactly. we've been watching news radio on the side on oh, yeah. a bit too, and that, that's a a, just a that. brilliant show. But on Hulu, it's square. Oh yeah. And the resolution isn't very good. Yeah, I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. But it happens. Man, Phil Hartman looks like he's about 25. I know. That. Well, Joe Rogan's in that. Yeah. God, they're all in that thing. That's amazing. Andy Dick is really good in that. Andy Dick's phenomenal He's in that really show. really funny. He just disappeared because I guess he popped the bolt. I think he went a little nuts, yeah. He went crazy. Might yeah. have had some alcohol or drug no, intake issues. No, not the Hollywood. Nope. One of my he, favorite he was, Andy Dick quotes was actually when he was on The Simpsons like way later than that. He says, I'm totally blue collar. My dad owns a shovel. <laughs> I don't see there yet. My dad owns that a That does shovel. about sum up Andy Dick. The other guy that's on there that I just love is Stephen Root. He's he's such a you mean Bob so Sansevier? Bob Sansevier, yeah, yeah. He's a bit, for yeah, real. He he's kind of built like Sandy. Like him, yeah. He yeah. looks just like yeah. him too. Old Sandy. God, Charlie, stop making the show drag, will you? Good God! Holy crap! It's over already. Well, That's amazing. Um, I have no idea where our next guest is or what we're going to do next year, but I am more than happy to say goodbye to 2020. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When is, uh, are we going to be on the 31st, do you think? Or no, I don't 31st. think on Christmas. No, not, not, a, not a New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve, no. So 7th is the, the 7th. next one then, three the weeks from now. January 7th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks to your uh, Walzer guests that allowed me to... Uh, bump them and uh, come in today so that was dana she does a lot of pr work and oh, dana, internal yeah. communi- communications you're gonna I, I you're gonna like her she says i understand put me on sometime in january i'm wide open so she's kind of the brains behind a lot of the initiatives that walzer's doing really for employees we have a a, a group called the, the the pride and it's to support LGBTQ employees and so on and so forth, and then the women of Walzer, of course, which brought the Face Foundation people to our attention. It's uh, she's a really interesting uh, person. So that she'll be in in January. And other than that, I haven't bothered to book anybody. I figure I'll start. Well, you know, I'll start harassing people. You got a while. Christmas Eve. <laughs> you got a month. Get a snowfall and then call, go through the. Hey, listen, and, I'm coming that way. Yeah, that'll be great. You need to make time for me. It's unbelievable. So that's it for 2020 and car selling secrets uh, from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll see everybody next year. Great to see you again, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks for having me.